0: everyone. Welcome back to Unsupervised Leadership. Believe it or not, we are in episode 10. Can you believe that?
1: No, I can't believe it. We only have one more to go. I feel like I've never run a marathon, but I feel like if I did, this is this would be a really good example of it.
0: Yeah. I Honestly, I can't believe that we not only started it, but now we're on to seasons. We're talking about maybe making a book. We've got a lot going on.
1: Well, it's only going to happen if we actually make it happen. We're just trying right. to change the world.
0: We are. We are just trying to change the world. And we're doing it with our podcast, baby. <laughs> We've got more <laughs> than seven listeners, so that's yeah, good. <laughs> that's,
1: that's for sure. And, and today, today's a special episode as well. I think it's pretty cool. And so we're going to talk about the idea of inclusion Today, making sure that kids are visible, the importance of families and parents and community. And we're also going to talk about the idea of legacy and how we all have these different phases of our life, and sometimes that our jobs become our identity. But before we get into all of
0: that, you know
1: what everyone's really wondering, Kate?
0: They want to know what we're drinking today. That's right. Tell them. You know, and so today we are drinking one of our summer favorites. So when we go in the pool in the summertime, a blue moon doesn't cut it. We, and Prosecco during the day, not great. So it is great, but not in the pool because you have to have your nice like champagne glasses. And like, we can't do that because we'll break them. So, (laughs) so today we are drinking Tito's and flavored water. And let me tell you guys, if you go to Walmart, they have the best flavored waters. They're in like a quart, like a little 33 ounce bottle and they taste delicious. So, you know what, Courtney, I think we need to cheers our Tito's and we're drinking watermelon, strawberry water. It's so refreshing and there's like no calories. So that's even better. Are you ready? Yes. Let's
1: cheers it. Excellent. I'll tell you what that flavored water, you know, who uh, says that that's her favorite, our sparkle sister.
0: Yeah, it is. She actually, Uh, keeps these in her car just in case of an emergency. (laughs) So we love that. That's great. Never know where we're going to end up. No, we don't know where we're going to end up. And speaking (laughs) of that, you know, we're talking about your, well, not ours, I guess ours, like the different life phases that people go through in education. Like when we first met, I was in the beginning or like the semi-beginning of my education journey. You were in the middle and our sparkle sister, she's kind of towards the end, which is an interesting perspective for the three of us.
1: Yeah. And we've, we've spoken about that when, when I first got into leadership, I did not have children. So that was a different phase of my life Mm -hmm. and my world. And then now I've got two kids, not little anymore, but growing. If you look at Bhavna, she is a recent empty nester. And then one of our guests today has been a principal for a very, very long time. What I think is very unique and special about her is that she's been in the same building as a principal for 20 plus years. And so one of the things that I think we are going to talk about today is much of our job becomes our identity. It's kind of who we are. And then when we get into this different phase of our life, how do we handle that? What might that look like? I know we've recently talked about Uh, the passing of my dad. And that was a phase of my life that I didn't anticipate. And when personal things like this happen, they do take a toll professionally as well. It's hard to separate the two, especially when you eat, sleep and breathe your job and you take it so seriously. So um, I'm really, I'm excited for our listeners to hear from not only a parent today, but also someone going through a life change.
0: Yeah. And our parent today has students or kids that are kind of in the beginning slash middle of their education career so it's interesting to kind of see both perspectives where one is leaving and one is like i'm still here and i'm trying to make an impact so what's the best way to do that and i think going back to a couple episodes ago really valuing what parents have to say and not seeing them as like the crazy parent or the one that's constantly calling or the one that's constantly complaining and view them more of a, an ally like. What are you seeing that I don't see? Or what are things that you think about at home that you feel like you have something to give or some sort of a recommendation or something like, Hey, have you ever thought of this? Cause sometimes we don't, I mean, we like to think we're planners and we think of everything, but that's not the case. I mean, look at today. We had to change our drink because of the weather. So this is important. Flexibility (laughs) is key.
1: We are super (laughs) flexible. We are very, I mean, we just had Nancy Blair on and she said that she was a situational drinker and she's Mm -hmm. very flexible. I feel like we can embrace her flexibility. Don't you?
0: Yeah. I think that we're doing that right now. So I love that.
1: (laughs) We are. And you mentioned crazy parent. I have to tell you, you know, having been in several school systems, there's no doubt. I always have felt like I can't say anything, or if I do say something, I'm automatically going to be termed as this crazy parent. And I know that we have a lot of educators who have kids in school systems that have felt the same way, and it shouldn't be that way. What it really should be is we should have the opportunity to advocate for our own child and not feel badly About it and not feel like we have judgment. One of the things that I love about the parent that we have coming on today is that she is a great parent and she's a great advocate. And I love, get ready, listeners. She remembers a situation with me as the administrator (laughs) and her as the parent, and she called herself crazy parent and had a story about something that I had completely forgotten about until she brought it up. So I think as parents, as moms, as dads, as, as parents, guardians, when we have kids in the school system, there's so many times where we're like, oh, I can't say anything. I don't want to say anything. And we remember it. And much of the time, the educators are like, I'm just doing my job and I'm, this is all business. And, you know, I'm, I'm working through day by day and we don't really remember, but as parents, we're sometimes we scar ourselves for life. (laughs) It doesn't need to be that way, but I think we're pretty hard on ourselves as parents too.
0: I do think that and the best part about the parent we have on today is that she's a, she's real. Like she Mm -hmm. embodies the, if something's bothering me, I'm going to be direct and I'm going to tell you. And there, in my opinion, there's no better quality because then you lay it all out there and then you can flush it out and figure it out and then move forward. Um, And hopefully, you know, in any situation, in any school, you move forward together. Like this is now my ally. This is a person I go to for feedback. You know, I ask them to be on committees They're my (laughs) go-to person for things like that, because I think that's also important because you as an administrator, or even as a classroom teacher or a superintendent, There's nothing wrong with it, but by default, you look through things through your lens and you try and look through other perspectives of other people. And it's hard. Like even talking about the principal we have on today, that's retiring. She's in her last year in education and she has a wealth of knowledge on things that how, you know, how things used to be or different struggles she's gone through or the reasons why, you know, we do things. And I think that failing to tap into that and someone's last year of education does nothing but hurt us because they have a lot to give too. Yeah. And
1: this notion that because you're retiring, you're checked out. I've not experienced that at all. No. I think that people that are retiring have just as much as to give and all of the pieces of advice, so much to be learned there. As we see people coming right out of college and getting into the profession, we're all better together. And the more mm-hmm. that we can talk about that and learn, that, it goes back to our uncomfortable conversations that we were talking about last <laughs> week. That's right. <laughs> There's a lot of uncomfortable conversations, but you know, when we think of parents, the best part of when I was a teacher, a principal and a superintendent, some of the best parts of the job were working with parents and hearing Mm -hmm. what they had to say. I didn't, I never felt that that was uncomfortable, but we have had a lot of conversations that sometimes parents do feel disengaged from the process. And what are things that we can do as educators to help draw and bring them in and helping teachers realize that parents are advocates. They're just doing the best that they can. We don't get to choose mm-hmm. how involved yeah. parents are. Certainly there's been times that I've not been an engaged parent because I'm working nonstop. Yeah. And I mean, I thank goodness that I have had teachers that I can email and say, I think I put my daughter's shoes on the wrong feet today.
0: <laughs> yeah. Can you help me? Cause this is an honest mistake, but that's, Truthful, like having that relationship with people, it all goes back to relationships, being open, being honest, being direct, and building a relationship. It doesn't matter if you're a parent, a student, a teacher, an administrator, someone from maintenance, everybody, I mean, you can't do anything without each other. So, thinking about that, we have some shout outs for some people today, don't we, Courtney? We do. I'm excited.
1: So, I was recently at a golf outing. This might shock you, but I don't golf. Mm -hmm. However, I can ride around in a cart and yes. I might be able to have a, a couple of beverages and enjoy myself. And I socialize very, very well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so that's networking what all are for.
1: Yeah. And I think so too. So it was time for the luncheon. And I had several people, including men, who I am not in contact with on a regular basis, come up to me and say, I'm listening to unsupervised leadership. Oh. It, <laughs> it really took me back and I was. little bit shocked. And one was not an educator. One, um, is an owner of an educational company, I will say. And he said to me, I'm having my daughters listen to it. You know, I I'm all about women in leadership. I think it's so vitally important. You and Kate are doing such an incredible job and I got my kids listening to your podcast. I was, I loved that. So shout out to that person. Shout out to anybody who's, who's been listening And certainly, like I said, you know, we know that we've got some people that are probably listening to see what's really going on, but we love, (laughs) yeah, we, (laughs) we love, we love this type of support. And I know that we have a common, like a mutual shout out that we want to give today. Do you want to go ahead and do that one?
0: Listen, we do. So we have a coworker, a supporter. Uh, If you talk to this person, he will say chicks in power. And he gets real excited about things, whether he's (laughs) making a joke or not, he really is. One of our biggest supporters. He's always helping us both professionally. You know, what do you need? How can I help you? How can I get this done? And personally, like this person has, you know, helped Courtney in her house. He's put windshield wiper fluid in my car when I can't do it myself. Or like, Hey, something's wrong. Can you come over and look at this? And he'll do it because he's a kind person, you know, during the pandemic, I was really happy with myself because I bought this patio furniture set and I thought I could put it together alone. And it was awful. Worst experience of my life. And this person was like, just put it out in your driveway. I'm going to put it together and give it back to you because I don't want to see pictures of this anymore. (laughs) <laughs> really? And he yes. came over
1: and did that for you? Yeah, he
0: was like, I'll put it in my car and I'll put the chairs together and give it back to you. And that person is Pat Crean and he is the director of operations. Nobody knows operations better than Pat. He does a fantastic job. He had a construction background and then moved into education. So he brings the best of both worlds to our Our old, well, Courtney's old place of employment and my current place of employment. Yeah, you better believe it. Shout out to Pat Crean.
1: One of the things that I think is really unique and special about Pat, he's a director of operations, but he runs two departments simultaneously. So he runs all of the transportation within the school district. And then also does all of the buildings and grounds and all the operational pieces. So shout out to you, Pat Green. We love you. Mm -hmm. We know that we know that you're just so excited to hear us shout you out, but we do love you and appreciate you. And I know you've got
0: somebody else. I do. And I'm, I'm going to leave this person anonymous, but I got a text uh, last Saturday morning and this person (laughs) listens to our podcast. She is like a avid supporter. We love her. I got a text and it says, you did not just say my name. Holy shit. With a bunch of explanation. <laughs> <books>. <laughs> and oh. then I sent some emojis and she said, I love you guys. This has been the best thing to listen to while going through the principalship. Um, she's currently going to get her principal endorsement. Uh, So much information that you don't learn in class, which is exactly what we said this podcast was about, talking openly about things that either people are afraid to talk about, they haven't talked about, uh, they need some advice on. And it was great to hear that because it makes you think, you know, us both think that what we're doing has made an impact, which is really powerful.
1: I love that. Before we get into our sparkle spotlight, I did hear that we have something in an email that came into unsupervised leadership. What does it we do?
0: We have a lot of emails actually, but we get a ton. So we try and pick one or two each episode that we are really like, Oh, this is great. Which by the way, Courtney and I still, Laugh to ourselves because we're like, oh my God, this is so great that people are actually writing into our Yahoo account. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) So, again, we're going to leave everybody anonymous unless they tell us we don't have to. But this person said, Hi, ladies, I've been listening to your podcast, Catching Up Still on Episode 4. So grateful for you. Love the positivity, advice, and just realness. So, add me to your list of 15 to 20 listeners. LOL. I have been in administration for about six years, was a principal for the last four and now I'm a curriculum director. I am an immigrant Latina came to the U S when I was 12 learned to speak English. All this to say, I've experienced a lot of microaggressions in life, but listening Mm. to you too, is giving me more confidence and empowerment to keep going. I just wanted to say, thank you. Wow. Right. Yeah. You got a seat at our
1: table. That's
0: pretty cool. It is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm really fascinated by is that people writing into the podcast or writing into the email about the podcast or sending us direct messages with people telling their story, that something that we have said on here has sparked an interest and encouraged them to want to share
0: more and have that connection, which is what we were hoping for all along. It was. So it's kind of crazy to think that when you put it out there, it'll come back. And we love hearing about people's stories and about your struggles and about things that you're working through, because again, it makes the job real. And it also, you know, lets everybody know that everybody else is struggling with the same things. Just nobody's talking about it. That's right. Education's not easy, but it
1: is impactful. There's it no is. doubt. And that's what we were hoping to do. So as we move into our special guests today, of course, Kate, we must transition first into our Sparkle Spotlight. Sparkle spotlight. Yeah. Dr. Sharma Lewis has sent me multiple Sparkle Spotlights. (laughs) Yeah. And so I've just really had a hard time picking my favorite one for each episode. But as we transition, here we go. This is this week's Sparkle Spotlight with none other than Dr. Bhavna Sharma Lewis.
2: This is Bhavna Sharma Lewis with today's Sparkle Spotlight. Always, always, always drink the good champagne order and eat those french fries, and use the things that you keep for special occasions. Tomorrow is guaranteed to no one. Today is a gift, and that's why we call it the present. Cheers to living your best life. Sparkle on.
0: All right, everyone. We are here with a very special guest. She is a businesswoman. She is an entrepreneur. She is a parent. She is a mom. She is a friend. She is incredible and we can't wait to have her and welcome miss Amy Topetti
3: thank you thank you guys so much for having me okay so
1: first of all I know people can't see us but we can see you as we are recording
3: (laughs) I just have to ask what is on the wall behind you oh so um I'm in my office right now and really big on the wall behind my desk it says Today is where your book begins. The rest is still unwritten, which is a song lyric. Anyone who knows anything about the Tupettis knows that we are all about music, but it's a good motivational, like you can restart every day. You ladies, according to Adam Welcome, are writing a book next. So today is, (laughs) today today is where your book begins. (laughs) Uh, We are, we're changing the world one podcast at a time.
1: You guys are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One something at a time. Listen, we're <laughs> so excited that you are here. I just love, I love you as a person. And I know that you have such a great story. Your children are amazing. We just are excited. So I'm going to turn it over to Kate so she can start grilling you. Awesome. I yeah. love
0: her. <laughs> This is going to be really hard. I'm sure. <laughs> All right, Amy, everyone wants to know your story, but before we start there, you have to tell us what's your favorite drink.
3: Yes. So my favorite drink is effing cucumber vodka. Maybe effing wants to be a sponsor. We don't know. <gasps> Although Courtney, maybe not, might not be the hugest fan of cucumber. If they want to be a sponsor, I mean, they have other flavors. So effing cucumber vodka with club soda and a lemon, never a lime. And yeah, that's how I roll. If I'm somewhere that doesn't have effing cucumber, Tito's is my backup. It's good. I like it. It's, it's refreshing. refreshing. It is refreshing. Yes, it absolutely is. Mm-hmm. Tastes like water. All right, Amy.
0: So <laughs> <That's>
3: <laughs> flavor water, that. you know, <laughs>
0: the kind that they give you at like the really nice places when you walk in and they put like mint leaves and things in there. That's what it tastes like. Exactly. It's just like, <laughs> spa. Just like you're at the spa. Yes, I guess that's exactly it. Right. So we're, we're at the Topati Spa. Amy, why don't you tell people who don't know you how you kind of got started in your business and a little bit about you?
3: I have a fabulous husband. His name is Ray. He is the hardest working person that I know. He also loves to cook, which is a huge bonus. He, uh, (laughs) Courtney shaking your head. Yes. Yes. Um, he takes my crazy plant-based requests with a grain and always comes up with something delicious for me, which is amazing. We have three kids who never cease to amaze us. Layla is 15. Courtney, wait till you get to do driver's ed stuff. So fun! Um, talk, about, talk about needing a drink. Evangeline is thirteen, and Elijah is ten. I mean, everybody gets on a podcast and, and gushes about their kids, right? No one gets on and goes like, "Yeah, my my kids are they're fine." Truly, really, in all seriousness, they are all so different yet all so amazing. I started my career in the mortgage industry while I was still in college, at a time that it was a crazy, booming, super fun over-the-top industry to be in, and I quickly worked my way up to Vice President of Operations for the Midwest and the East Coast before I was like 25. That's also how I met my husband. We worked for the same company. I was here. He was in California. I traveled all the time. We met, and I said, I'm not moving. So um, <laughs> he now lives yes. in the Chicago. 22 years later, is not quite sure <laughs> how he ever signed up for this. But then I stayed home when I had Layla to make my full-time job being a mom. And five years ago, I accidentally started a business that allows me to use my creative side to create custom apparel and fun things like wine glasses and anything anybody can dream up pretty much. And it's the perfect thing for me at this time in my life. Being my own boss is, is awesome. Lots of unsupervised leadership here for sure. Yes. I'm an advocate as well. I, I do my my best to put good into the world to help facilitate Change, you know, equality and diversity and inclusion in human rights. And so many things fall under that umbrella, but a lot of it hits really close to home for me. I love that. And the name of your business is We Can Do That. We Can Do That. Yes. For the most part, just to, I don't want to say everything under the sun, but just about anything anybody brings to me, I come back with a, yeah, we can do that. And I, try to make things happen and bring people's ideas to life. And it's fun because no two projects are ever really the same, which keeps it really fun for me. Talk to us a little bit about being a parent from a
1: parent perspective, because that's something that we talk about on the podcast. Certainly, What do you look for in a principal and a teacher (laughs) as a parent or as an administrator or a staff member, like you as a parent,
3: what are the best qualities that you see in educators today? So it always strikes me when I come into contact with a teacher or an administrator that I feel like I can connect with on a human level. Somebody that wants to go beyond just that conversation of, tell me a little bit about your student so that I kind of know what to expect this school year. I always appreciate an open door type policy. I appreciate transparency. Those who are involved in the education of my kids, I love it when I feel like I can have a real and candid conversation with people. And one of the first things I feel like I do, not only in the educational setting, but in general, Courtney, I I saw you in so many different settings for so many different years. And you were always like, hi, Mrs. Trepetty. And I'm like, please just call me Amy. Like, I just <laughs> want things to be normal. <laughs> um, and I get it. Like, I totally get it from the administrator's standpoint. You're like, well, it's the mom. And I'm like, no, just I am mean. Amy." but I value being involved in the process. So whether that is a simple email, you know, between parent and teacher that's dealing with a particular situation or whether or it's something bigger where it's, a building level or a district level thing where someone comes to me and, hey, you want to be on this committee? We think you'd be really good for this. Um, But I appreciate having a voice. I love that I'm given the opportunity to do that because I really think that supporting Our kids the best way we possibly can is being able to collaborate on an ongoing basis and continuing to learn and grow through that process.
0: I have also asked Amy to participate in numerous (laughs)
3: committees. I mean Mrs. (laughs) 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 Topetti. Mrs. (laughs) Topetti, yeah, Mrs. Topetti. Like my husband's like, you know that they always come to you because they know that you're never going to say no. And I'm like, Yeah, you are an awesome parent with great ideas. But it does kind of bring to
1: light the idea that we should spread it around more. We shouldn't always ask the (laughs) same parents. I'm certainly I've been guilty of that. When you find somebody, though, that is really invested in the process and willing, you want to keep that person involved. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I have loved being involved in everything that everything I've been involved in. I've loved it in one way or another. I appreciate that. I feel like my opinion is valued. I definitely look for that. I get it. I'm not going to be, and I say this in air quotes, friends with every administrator or teacher, but I, it always feels better when you can connect on a little bit of a deeper level.
0: Yeah, that's that's important. I feel like you want to see everybody in a human light, not just
3: yes. a professional
0: light. No yep. one can connect with that. Okay, Amy, let's talk about the biggest changes you wish to see in education and why. So if you were in charge of the world and you could change anything you wanted, what would that be and why?
3: All right, buckle up. I think in education, we've got a lot of work to do pertaining to inclusivity of our kids and addressing diversity. We have a lot of kids who I think are, they don't feel represented and they don't feel seen. And I think that this includes a a lot of different groups of people, students of color, students in our LGBTQ community, students in different socioeconomic backgrounds, students who learn differently, students with physical or intellectual differences. My question, and not that I'm posing it to you, but my sort of internal question is, how do we start the process of educating and training our staff and our teachers on best practices for inclusion and diversity education. And what does that look like? Districts who do this, how did they start? And how is it going? And what kind of changes are they seeing? I think that for a long time, we've relied, and I say we as a society overall, not specific necessarily to our district, but I think we've gone with this, you know, be kind and show kindness for so long. And that's a great place to start, but it's really too vague for where we need to go and for the kind of big picture thinking that I think that we need because understanding the background of our of our students and and what their needs are, I think is is huge. I think that all of our students deserve a school experience in an environment where they feel safe and comfortable and cared for. And I think that that type of stable foundation can only strengthen mental health. All of that is going to lead up to academic accomplishments. So I feel like we've got this stepping stones of things that if we work on this and we work on, you know, we can get to where we want to be. I think that some of our most vulnerable groups in all of this need support more than ever coming coming out of a pandemic, which is something none of us have ever dealt with. But I think it's 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 taken a toll on some on some other groups of people in a different way, maybe. And I think that teachers everywhere do the absolute best with what they are given. Imagine if they had more. Imagine if they had, if they were trained and empowered to provide teachable moments when they occur, when They have a, when a boy wears a skirt or nail polish to school, or a girl has a short haircut and wears basketball shorts and is being teased. Imagine if they could embrace that moment. None of these conversations are easy or fun, but it's, it's reality. And I think it's, it's time to elevate and celebrate diversity in our schools. Yeah. And I think you're bringing to light a lot of things
1: that many educators feel as well. You're in an Mm -hmm. awesome school district. Well, absolutely.
0: No doubt about it.
1: Uh, yes. with great teachers and great administrators, a great board. And <clears throat> when I hear you talk, I think the work that I do across the state, I hear so many parents, teachers, administrators talking about systems, talking about our challenges, talking about these difficult conversations. Where do we go next? The work of education is really complex is what it makes me think about. And you sure. alluded to this. So maybe take us a little, I think I know the answer to this, but draw us in a little (laughs) bit more. What's more important to you as a parent, academics or social and emotional learning?
3: What do you think? Right now, social and emotional, hands down. I don't think that we realize how much our kids might be struggling. If they're not in the right headspace, how can we expect academic greatness from them? And I don't think that grades tell the whole story. I think that it's completely possible to be maintaining something like straight A's, but feel like you're totally drowning as a student. And I will tell you, I thought that we handled pandemic learning in our house really, really well. Everyone stayed on task maintained their grades, did what they were supposed to do. They seemed content. We had a really great system going. And I felt really lucky that it seemed like smooth sailing because I know that not everyone was experiencing that. I had no idea the fatigue that they were experiencing from being on Zoom. The depression that came from the lack of in-person interaction with their classmates. They held all of that in until one day they didn't. Then I went, oh my gosh, did we fail? Did we screw this all up? Is there something we could have done better as parents? But like, how do you know? None of us had ever lived through a pandemic and learning at home while you're working at home and all of these things. All of our students deserve an experience where they feel cared for and whatever that means for every kid. Their mental health has been challenged during these times for sure at this point in time. And it certainly is, I don't, it, I, I'm not at all saying that academics are not important because you both know me well enough to know that I totally don't feel that way, but the SEL is huge right now. Yeah, it's a big job. And you know what,
0: Amy, so many parents this year when I call, you know, they don't ever say hey, how's my kid doing in math or reading? They say, is my kid nice to the other kid at the lunch table? Do they play with somebody when they're at recess? Do they seem like they're happy when they come to school? I do think the pandemic kind of like forced us in this weird situation, right? Where kids were at home, we didn't really realize the social interaction piece that they were missing out until they had to come back. Yeah. But in a weird way, like the good part about it is I think that people now are like, it is so important where I feel like a little bit before the pandemic, it was like, what's SEL? Like, you know, people throw that around. What's this acronym? Yes, for sure. Like, okay, it's great, but I want my kid to get into advanced courses and blah, blah, blah. And while that's important, but exactly what you said, like But are they the nice kid? You know, are they the kid that includes people? Are they the ones that notices when someone's sad or when they're happy or, you know, they notice when their teacher's gone or their teacher notices when they're gone? Like those are things that we call like soft skills or things that you can't teach
3: people because that's just good human traits. (laughs) Yes, no doubt. Absolutely. And I'm happy to hear that. Like I'm happy to hear that you're getting the kind of feedback that that's where people's focus is because honestly mm-hmm. all of those things can only then help strengthen your your academic situation i i really feel like
0: yeah it's like maslow's hierarchy of needs right yes absolutely. <laughs>
3: No, you're, you're absolutely right. For sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you have three great kids. They're all navigating their way through, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school. So they're going to graduate, you know, get into whatever career that they have or that they want. What's the biggest takeaway as a parent right now that you feel like the school has the biggest impact or what's something that you hope school has taught them the biggest The biggest factor you could pick?
3: So it totally, it it totally plays right into what you were just saying right before this. Actually, if my kids can leave their school days knowing that they were a good human, a responsible student, and that they were someone that did their best to make a difference in the life of other people when they have the opportunity to do that, those are skills that they can benefit from no matter what they go on to do this conversation happens with my kids organically a lot it's really interesting especially in high school where they're exposed to so many different people between switching classes and being with kids of different ages and different things when we talk about someone and I will say well do you do you know that person mm, I don't really. I don't really know him. I mean, kind of ish, but anytime I've ever interacted with him, he's always been nice to me. And my thing is be that kid, be that kid that someone else says she was always nice to me. He was always nice to me because people remember that my takeaways are not academic in nature. My takeaways for them is go into life being a good human who is looking out for other people, Who stands up for the little guy? Who, if you see something, say something, all all of that kind of stuff. That's what I want them to leave with. And I feel like the opportunity to have those experiences and learn from them and and be the good and do the good. There's so many of them throughout your school years. There really are. Love that. As we begin to wrap up, I
1: think you pretty much just told us that number one thing as a parent that's so important to you. So we're going to leave with this. If you could think of some really awesome F4 leaders in your life, in your world, these are fun, fab, fierce females. Do you
3: want to give a shout out to anyone? I I feel like I I know so many in in so many different capacities. I I love that you two shout out your moms on a weekly basis. So of course, my mom Sally, she's awesome. I've had the opportunity of the opportunity to, I should say, work with so many different amazing people over the years in, in different capacities. I love Debbie Lynch to absolute pieces. And she has been such a great ally and has helped so much through all of those transitional years. So I will, I will absolutely miss her dearly. And of course you too. I mean, Courtney, like the fact that you even still want to talk to me after our very first phone call, when I was the crazy lice mom, come on. (laughs) You remember that? Oh, I don't remember. You don't remember this? No. Maybe, maybe I have PTSD from it. I don't know. Oh my god. Okay. So one of my kids comes home with lice, and I'm like, okay, like whatever. Here we are. Next thing you know, sure, we all we all have it, except Ray. He dodged the bullet, but yes, even me. And I was so aggravated that I didn't want anybody else to have to deal with this. So I was like, why? Is the word not being spread more?
1: And oh. you were like, Oh, it's Tuddle. all coming back to me now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You
3: were <laughs> like, well, So here's what I get what you're saying, but here's what we're required to do. And I was like, I, I understand, understand that there's lots of people that are like, Let's just sweep this under the rug and pretend like it's not happening. And I'm like, No, shout it from the rooftop. So no one else <laughs> has to go pay $300 to get their head combed. Every administrator is uh, relating to this right now. Oh, my God. And you were so sweet. Like, you called me. Nolan was having a dental procedure that day and you were like, I'm so sorry, but like, here's what I have going on in my life. (laughs) I'm sorry. It took me so long to call you. And I'm like, thank you for calling me. So like, I'm the crazy lice mom. I think I always will be. And I have PTSD from having lice, but yeah, honestly, two fast things that I want to throw in here are the educators from teachers all the way up to superintendents. We love you and we appreciate you. And so many go above and beyond the call of duty. And for that, I'm so truly, truly grateful. Being the parent of a child who is navigating the fight for acceptance and equality is literally terrifying. And while kids are super duper resilient and bounce back, moms, not so much sometimes. To all of my educator people, we need you. We need you. We need your support. And a quick quote that I read that I thought was so relevant to this. When someone with the authority of a teacher describes the world and you're not in it, there's a moment of psychic disequilibrium as if you looked into a mirror and saw nothing. And I know that all of the teachers I've ever worked with would never want a kid to feel that way. I know that. So that tells me we need, we need interactions that are, that are relative, that make everybody feel seen. This podcast is about celebrating and elevating,
1: and we have had on so many different people and we wanted a parent to be here yes. and you're a parent that we love and has helped us and has always encouraged us. And we wanted to be able to give you a platform to elevate and celebrate not only your voice, but the voice of parents parents and the voice of your own students. And so we just want to say thank you. And thank you for shouting out Debbie Lynch because we're gonna have her on our
3: podcast too. And I we- love that so much yeah. and I love you guys too. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. And listening to this podcast has been awesome. I I was in the beginning very like, is, I'm not a teacher. Is this gonna apply? But it, it does, it just applies to life no matter what. It's amazing. I mean, when Adam Welcome said, it's hard to be what you can't see. I'm like, mm-hmm. that applies to like a billion different things and is so profound. Yeah. yeah it, love Isn't it. that so true? We don't talk about it enough. People
0: don't like to have direct conversations. That's probably why people like to listen to us, drink our blue moon and talk to people that are really <laughs> important. <laughs>
3: I love that. I love that so much. Thank you so, so much for having me. I appreciate it. As I told you, I I, am like, I don't really know that I'm qualified to talk about anything, but I appreciate that you guys think that I have something interesting to say.
1: We, we appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thanks. Mrs. (laughs) Petty. Mrs. (laughs) Petty, everybody. (laughs) Supervised leadership. Thank you.
0: All right, everybody. We just got to hear from Amy Topetti, a parent that has fiercely advocated for her kids and all kids in the community. And we have a special guest. And this special guest was actually mentioned by Amy Topetti as one of her F4 leaders. We have Principal Debbie Lynch. She's also a friend. She's a coworker. She is in her last I would say like 12 days of retirement until she can finally relax in her pool. So we are are super excited to have her on today to talk about her journey, what she's learned and just pass some of that F4 knowledge on to all of the educators that are out there. Isn't that right, Courtney?
1: We love it. And we love that Amy Topetti for her F4 shout out gave it to Debbie Lynch and that's who we have here today so Debbie you're in your final year as an educator tell us how you started were there obstacles when you started not that we're saying you're old because we call it the seasoned Debbie
2: mm-hmm. and uh, also and most importantly what's your favorite drink all right well I love the Twilight season I'm entering I'll tell you that much <laughs> um you know a little bit about me I knew I always wanted to work with kids in some capacity been with them since I've been 15. I taught seven years in Carroll Stream. And uh, very quickly after I got my degree, doors started opening for me at a very young age. I was very lucky and grateful that I had people who supported me in that journey. Mary Ellen Schaefer was an assistant principal of mine and came to me and said, What are you doing still teaching? You know, I always knew that I probably wanted to be a principal, but she said, You got to do this journey earlier than later. And I went back and got my degree and was grateful for the push because I don't think I would have done it then I would have counted myself out thinking maybe I was too young. And at that time, young uh, females were not getting into administration. This was 27 years ago. And I probably would have uh, looked at my surroundings and wondered how I fi- I fit in. She just didn't take that. you know. She just said, you've got to get moving. You've got to get moving on your career. So I was grateful for that. I took that push. When Mary Ellen Schaefer got hired, she went and sat at a board meeting with Mary Grykus, who was a principal in Lamont, and Mary Grykus, uh turned around and looked at her and said, do you know anybody looking for an assistant principal job? Mary Ellen said, I know one person, and you got to hire that person. And 24 hours later, I FedExed my resume to her overnight in those days. And a week later, I was interviewed, and two weeks later, I had a job at the age of 28 years old. So I was really excited for that push, too. I am forever grateful for both of those people because the doors that opened for me in Lamont were awesome. I was an assistant principal at Oakwood, moved to Central and did rehab on that building, four years, then went over to Brown and closed that building down to open up a brand new vi- building in River Valley. So I've had a lot of experience and a lot of doors open for me here in Lamont. So I'm, I'm super grateful for that. As far as obstacles, when I first started the principalship, the job was a management job. I think that that is really the difference over the years. We Managed people and we managed schedules and we managed buildings. You obviously did your discipline and you obviously did your curriculum and you did the work with the teachers that needed to be done, but a good 20 to 30 percent of your time was spent. I did roofing bids, I did lawn care, I did custodians, I did management stuff that you don't think a principal would be doing now. So those were obstacles in the beginning that I had really no knowledge of and no, like (laughs) absolutely nothing, no knowledge. But I learned quickly and was able to put a five-year roofing plan in place and hand it to the board at one point and, and get it approved. So you just learned as I went along, I was super grateful that, um, Mary has taught me those things and was able to walk me through some of those things that I just didn't know. You fast forward now and the job's so much different. You're about, you know, academics and learning and growing and emotional learning and social learning for our kids. And it's really where the principalship should be, but that was very different. I think the other obstacle that I faced when um, I was younger is that young females were not in the job at that point. And I got scrutiny from not our community, our school community, but people outside the school community. Sometimes, how they saw me, I was I I look young, so that was you know hard because I didn't even look twenty eight at the time. I think that um, it was tough for some people to take me seriously, and I learned how to navigate that in a very confident way. Um, but it took time, you know, it took time for people to build trust with with me and me to build trust with them for them to see that I was going to put in the time and um, make it work. Yeah. Oh yeah. What's your favorite drink? Listen, both, you know, I got my, I got my Starbucks tea with me right now. Both of you know, it's hot or cold. Doesn't matter which one, but it's hot or cold. I always got my iced tea with me.
1: Whatever. We know you love a good cold Corona. Um, yeah. 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 Our blue moon,
2: right? Don't put a lime in there.
1: <laughs> okay. Don't put any fruit in that
2: drink. <laughs>
0: no, uh-uh. Dirtiest thing
2: in the restaurant.
0: That's right. Okay, Deb. So you have a ton of experience. You're a pioneer. You've started, you know, at a different time and you're ending your career now. So if you had to say, what's the biggest lesson you've learned in administration or education, what is it and why? Well, there's a couple. You guys won't be surprised when I say that. It's about the
2: people big and small, right? Mm -hmm. It's just always about the people. I think you need to find the thing you really admire in the people that you're supervising, and then you need to capitalize on it and help them grow in it. I think that people become confident in themselves when they know you believe in them. And so I always tell um, when I'm mentoring people coming through the system to become principals, Find the one thing you like in a person and really make that your bond with them because I think it will help them grow as a person and as a leader. I always thank people all Mm -hmm. the time, right? All the time. Have gratitude every day because you have to find the simple little things in the world that make you happy. The job can really get you uh, down sometimes and you have to be able to find the happiness in, in between the ins and outs of what happens in a school and then build a sense of purpose that is right for kids you know build something around kids there's a saying at river valley school all means all it means all kids every day 24/7 and i believe if you ask our staff what that means they could easily tell you we give everything we can and then some like you you just don't quit you keep doing it until you succeed we have kids now and we've kind of marketed it on t-shirts and mottos all over the place. And we have kids now who write all means all on signs that they make me. Parents have made nameplates for, you know, a couple of us that say all means all. When you build something around a purpose and a sense of doing what's right, it gives people a reason to keep coming back every day. Um, and then the the thing that's probably so important for me is relationships. They just matter. Build the relationships with parents because you can't educate kids alone. You know, build the relationships with the teachers so they can be vulnerable to take risks and do what they know is right. Build the relationships with the community because you need them in more ways than you'll ever imagine. The police, the park district, like the village, like one of the first things I do anytime a new commissioner comes on is I send them a postcard and a welcome card and say, you're going to love Lamont as much as I love Lamont because I want them to know we're here and we're a resource. You're a resource for us and we're a resource for you. Let's work together. And when it comes to kids, build the relationship so your conversations can carry weight and your celebrations can create joy. And I've also learned that you can never do the right thing the wrong way.
0: Debbie, that was a oh. lot of lessons. I feel like I needed a notebook.
1: <laughs> yeah. Debbie is the only principal that we've had on all season. Yeah, you are. I'm so the only principal. Yeah, I'm I mean, so it was
3: important for
1: her to be here. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so th- that was a lot of lessons, but that's because Debbie is seasoned. You've yeah. spoken about Mary Ellen and you've spoken mm-hmm. about Mary Grykus and people that have mentored you and took a chance on you. But who would you say has had the
2: biggest impact on your life thus far? It would be those two women, probably. Mary Ellen pushed me to open the doors. There's that old saying that says, you have friends that will speak your name in a room full of opportunities. And Mary Ellen has done that for me every step of the way. Like when Mary turned around and looked at her and said, do you know somebody looking? She said, yeah, Debbie Lynch, you got to hire her. She always has um, opened doors for me in that way. 30 years later, we are still connected. She's one of my closest friends. She boosts my confidence in a way that makes me feel like I can tackle anything. She's a first call when I need it. I listened to you guys talk about your own girlfriends on your podcast and like everybody needs that back pocket person, right? That you can call no matter what, and no matter how you're feeling or where you're at, they can ground you in a way that brings you back to reality and gets you pumped up to be able to face whatever's in front of you. And she certainly is that person. And then I appreciate Mary Grykus because she taught me the job they don't teach you the job. Like, like, right. Like we try to learn the job. You go to school to learn the job, but you really don't learn the job till you're sitting there in that seat. And Mary would stay late at night and work with me. Like I would come to her with questions and I would stand next to her and I'd be like, I need to know this. I need to understand this. I wasn't going to be an assistant principal for the rest of my life. I knew I wanted to be a principal. So I wanted to learn as much as I possibly could and be a sponge. And she taught me to be kind and she taught me to be fair. Those two things I still carry through to this day, because I believe that everybody deserves to be treated with kindness, even when you're saying hard things, because people can hear hard things when they're said kindly, I think. And I think that you can do that. And I know you guys talk about that all the time. I mean, I I, I am a listener. I'm one of the first seven, just so you
0: know. Yes, Debbie is the best supporter. I am one of your first seven. Yes, she is. And Debbie, this is like our last question, but I feel like you probably have the most to talk about this because (sighs) for those of you that don't know, Debbie is in an interesting position because she has been in the district as an administrator for over 20 years. She's been in multiple buildings throughout the district, but this has been her home. So she's dedicated, you know, a good chunk of her life seeing kids and families in Lamont and seeing them graduate and seeing their success and, you know, being a part of their life. So that's a big part of who you are. Mm-hmm. It's like half of your identity, Debbie Lynch principal, Debbie Lynch pool swimmer. Those are the two. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're, we're thinking about that, what do you think the biggest struggle is about actually retiring? And like, what is your, your fear and thinking like, Okay. So every day I wake up, I go to Starbucks, I get a venti, English breakfast tea, and I drive to school and I go do all the subs and I do all of that. And it's such a big part of your life. What are you nervous about? What does that next chapter in life look like? Okay. Everyone wants to know. So you're all going to think I'm crazy, but I just started thinking about that
2: this week <laughs> oh. <laughs> because I've been so consumed with the job, right? Yeah. Like the job consumes us. The one thing I will be honest about is the very day that you put in your retirement papers, your DNA changes Mm -hmm. and you never see it the same way again. And I told my staff the other day through tears, I'm going to start crying. So I can't even look at you guys. But (laughs) I told my staff the other day from that day forward, I sat in a meeting room every single time I met with a group of people and thought, I love these people and these are my people. And it didn't matter if I was in an admin team meeting. It didn't matter if I was with my staff. It didn't matter if I was with kids. And I thought, what am I going to do without these people? Like Mm. four years from now, like, what am I going to do? How is my life going to like, right? I'm getting choked up, right? Mm. How do you go on without those people? I can leave the job. I've done the job for 27 years. I've left my mark. I hope I left my mark, but how do you leave people? I've thought a lot about that. These past few weeks, I've had so many surprises with people that I didn't know Mm -hmm. that were coming to me and telling me the impact I made or the impression I gave or, and those kinds of things have really um, stopped me in my tracks because I, I have surprises where I wasn't expecting them. Kate knows this, the staff did such a beautiful thing for my assistant principal and I, the other day, we were retiring and they held a parade in the building and completely surprised us and blew us away. And the kids wrote notes and I stood outside and read 744 notes. I read every one of them and cried, like stood in the hallway and just cried. I don't know how to leave the people. That's the part that's, that's hanging with me. Like, how do I do this? What do I do after that? And then if I'm really honest, in my darkest, darkest time, I think you just hope and pray you made some kind of legacy or some kind of mark or some kind of impact. And that's what you pray for. I'm very realistic that systems are made to um, take change. And that I have a very good principal coming behind me to take the school. It's Kate, for anybody who doesn't know that already. And I highly encourage her to come to River Valley. I want her to be there. I love that place and I love Kate. So I would love to have her come be there. I'm, I'm super excited she's there. And I believe I'm very realistic that some people will be like, oh, I wish Debbie was still here. I wish that was happening. Or, oh, I'm so glad Kate's here now because Debbie didn't do that. Like, I'm very realistic that systems are made that way. But in my darkest day, I just hope I made that impact that people remember remember me fondly and kindly.
1: They will. Debbie, I worked with you for a short period of time. You have absolutely made an impact. You always have talked about relationships. You've talked about community. You have lived a legacy and you will leave a legacy. And there are very few people that can say that they have been a principal in a school district as long as you, which is exactly why we wanted you to have the opportunity to come on here today. Because you're an F4 leader, but here's what I would my advice would be this you don't have to leave the people, invite these people to your big pool. Okay. Yeah, like, we're going to have a big cool. pool party. I've already set the first date. <laughs> right? Yeah. But one of the things, too, and I appreciate Debbie's honesty, it was really hard for me to leave certain positions that I have had. I can't imagine what that's going to be like for that very first day that Debbie realizes that she wakes up and she doesn't have to drive to the building that she's been driving to day after day after day. You do have to realize though, I mean, Kate's worked with you. I've worked with you. And yes, I love that Kate is following you, but your legacy is going to be different than Kate's. Your legacy is going to be left in all of those memories and relationships that you have built over the course of years and years and years, you've done an incredible job. So never forget that.
2: Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. It's been a joy. I have loved Lamont. Like it's my, I call it my home away from home. Like I just do. I love Lamont. I love being here. I love the people. I love the vibe. I love everything about it. And a very interesting thing happened. He'd die. If he knew I was telling the story at the retirement dinner, uh, my brother-in-law came up to me and he said, I was wrong. He said, I always wondered why you stayed in Lamont. Like I always wondered, he said, it's a, you know, a tiny town. And, you know, I always wondered, I just thought, hmm, Debbie just really never wanted to leave Lamont. He said, I felt the love in that room last, that last night. And it was amazing. He said, that community is tight. The teachers are tight people are tight and he just had a lot of really nice things to say about here. And it's why 27 years later, I'm still sitting here.
1: 27 years in one place is a really long time. People don't do that anymore. And so that's, that's a legacy in and of itself. Okay. Right. Thank
2: you. Well, I have an idea for you girls.
0: Okay. Let's okay, hear We love ideas.
2: You need a tagline, a tagline, a tagline at the end. You need to sign out with something. That's I wait something, for it every time. Like
0: something funny. Yeah. Or... Yeah. Like,
2: like, you know, fab for something. Right. And then Courtney needs to say part of it. And then you need to say the other part. So I I'm giving you guys till the next one to think about this. Maybe your listeners could send a tagline in.
0: Oh yeah. Right. No, that's yeah, good. We like when our <laughs> listeners email us. It's fun.
2: I like listening to your listeners.
0: <laughs> okay, listeners, if you're out
1: there, if you're one of our seven, yeah, Debbie is suggesting you. that we end every episode with some type of tagline that, you know, one of us says the first part, the other one says the second, and that's how we will end. So let's help our own legacy of all of Debbie's ideas <laughs> <to> live <laughs> life. Yeah. <laughs> and send us an email at, unsupervisedleadership at yahoo.com or direct message us at, at F4Leaders on Twitter. And so, Kate, go ahead and take us out, close us out, and tell everyone about our season finale next week.
0: All right, everyone, we are, we're getting ready for our last episode in season one. Who can believe we have this podcast still? We don't know. If you haven't rated us five stars, by the way, on Spotify, please do so. At the end of today, we're so happy you got to virtually meet Debbie and Amy. They are F4 leaders, they're fierce, they're fabulous, they're female, and they are just two of the greatest people we know. Next week, we have an extra special surprise for A and i have conned our mothers into coming on the podcast, Loretta and Denise. We had to practice with them because we really wanted you guys to meet them since we talk about them on every single podcast. So, Tune in next week to hear our moms and maybe our tagline. (laughs)
1: Oh, (laughs) I love that. Well, on that note, since we don't have a tagline, we're going to go ahead and sign off. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Amy. You guys are F4 leaders and we love you.